Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we're so thankful that we can come and gather together and just worship with you and Lord that uh, worship together and just call upon your name and Lord, we just thank you that you're here with us, that you're going to speak to us through your word. And so, God, we just honor you in all things. And we honor you in the security we have with you. We honor you for the revelation you continually give us. And, Lord, we do truly rejoice because you are in every aspect of our life teaching and guiding us. And we thank you for that, that you truly are over the things of this world, and you're moving even the things we can't see. So we praise your holy name. And I pray you would just anoint me, the Spirit, and I just speak things to the Spirit, and each heart would be open to what you have to say in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, turn, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 24. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 24. And I can just add, this is a great memory verse. <laughs> A great verse to put on your refrigerator, and it's easy to remember. And it is really, really important that we remember this. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. My. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Um. Last week, you know, I shared a message, you know, in last week's message, I shared that uh, I was before the message, you know, the week before preparing for the message. Actually, the message wasn't hard to prepare for in a lot of ways. You just, it just says what it says. The application <laughs> is what's difficult, <laughs> the application. And um, and so, as, as I looked at the words there last week, it says, rejoice always. Okay, so I'm prepared to come in and share with everybody rejoice always. There's just one issue about that is this. I don't <laughs> rejoice always. And I felt really hypocritical and just sharing you, you know, thus saith the Lord. And although it's true, but the fact that I don't do it. And so like before the message last Sunday, you know, as y'all getting ready for church, I'm walking up and down our driveway and saying, God, I don't do this. I don't do this. I need you to show me something. I don't do this. And what I did is that, okay, God, I'm just going to be obedient to what you say. And I am just thought about all the difficult situations that I have that hang over me. And so I just brought each one of them up and with my mouth rejoiced to God and thanked him for them. Every one of them just went through, you know, and just did it, and just being obedient to what he said. And then here I came in Sunday morning prepared. And then Adam led us in a song, which he played once before, he said, which I never heard, so proves that, you know, if you ever go to sleep on me, that's fine, because evidently I go to sleep on Adam. You know, I, you know he said he played it once, so, but he played this Colton Dixon song, which I've never heard. And by the way, I don't listen to Christian music. I just don't. People go, ah, but I don't listen to any music, all right? I just don't listen to music. And so I'm just telling you this is how bizarre the whole thing was. But he played, as he played this song, uh, Colton Dixon's song, Build, Build a Boat, I mean, it was like so impacted me. I mean, physically 
impacted me uh, at the time. And the Holy Spirit, like, I'm going to say like he spoke to me. The Holy Spirit, like, screamed at me. You know, I'm surprised no one else in the congregation heard it. Um, But what he said, what he said, and by the way, it changed the whole message. Okay, all my, I mean, it changed the whole message. And... uh, because of what the Holy Spirit said to me. And, and what he did, and really powerful, he said, this is why you rejoice. And the phrase that caught me in Colton Dixon's song was, build a boat in the sand where they say it will never rain, so let it rain. And God goes, that's why you rejoice. And it, it struck me, and that's why, and this is how you rejoice. And so, then basically the Holy Spirit said, you rejoice in all circumstances, and God will bring the rain. Rejoice in all circumstances, and then God will bring the rain. Now, we must, and the lesson for me, and I'm going to share with you how it impacted me, because you may think, hey, it wasn't that big a deal to me. That's fine. But I'm just sharing how it impacted me. Hopefully it's encouraging to you. And so what the Lord showed me, and it was, you know, it says, we must, by the way, I'm just, this is while I'm sitting in the, over in the chair, <laughs> listen to Adam. Okay, so it's, uh, so um, what the Lord showed me, he said, we must, underline must, we must rejoice always to give an avenue for God to bring rain. We must rejoice always to give God an avenue to bring rain. Now, here's something very interesting. We are told to pray, bring everything before God. Amen? And so, we're in the first... Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. Well, in eight verses before, in verse 16, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says this, rejoice always. Okay, so all this is in context. And that's the whole verse, two words, rejoice always. The second verse, verse 17, is two words, or three. It says, pray without ceasing. So it struck me, I said, wait a minute, he didn't tell us not to pray, he didn't undo that, he goes, rejoice always, then pray. Rejoice always, then pray. And so what we have here is that rejoicing paves the way for our prayers. Now, we take this in because, well, I'm going to use myself. I don't want to put this on you. Because when I pray before the Lord, mine is, oh, dear God, help me, I'm going to die. You know, it's something along those lines. You know, we'll never make it, God, if you don't do this. You know, and God goes, don't pray like that. <laughs> don't pray like that. He goes, rejoice, and then so your rejoicing puts everything on God because there's really not a lot of things to rejoice but in God, but you rejoice in God, in the situation, you rejoice Him. Now you have an avenue to 
pray, engaging God in whatever circumstances you are, and it serves as an avenue for him to flow into your situation. Is that a revelation to you guys? I mean, it is it's stunning to me. So that's the reason it says, you know, it doesn't say in First Thessalonians 5, 16, it, says, it doesn't say pray without ceasing and rejoice. It doesn't say that. It says rejoice always and pray without ceasing. There's a reason we rejoice before we pray. Then we'll know how to pray. Then we'll pave the way and give an avenue for God to work in all our circumstances, which it says, now give thanks for those. Because you just called God into those. See? We're the conduit, you know, and we're walking with Him and depending on Him to resolve the situations which we're in. Which we're in. So this morning, in that context, in that context this morning, we continue to learn why we should rejoice. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it. God never answers my prayer. You know. Well, for now I'm going to say, we do you rejoice? Are you rejoicing before you pray? No, there's nothing to rejoice about. Okay. You just built roadblocks into God's avenue in which he wants to bless you. Because you're not in tune with what he's doing and how he's working. When you rejoice, you move all those roadblocks, it paves the way, and God pours out. You have a good vision to him, is to offer up pure prayers, prayers to him, and he becomes part of your circumstances. Amen? Powerful. See, it really is trust and, depends, trust and dependence. It's kind of like salvation. Lord, I can't save myself. You save me. He goes, okay. God, I have all these things and all these problems, and I want you to work them out, and I want you to see that, and I'll work real hard for you, and, and we'll just usher you into the kingdom. God says, I can't bless that. I can't even be a part of that. Because it's not about you. It's about me. And when we rejoice, we make it about him. We rejoice, we make it about him. And then, then he says, pray without ceasing. Because rejoicing is an avenue from which he comes. Comes. So, we got that. That's last week. <laughs> okay. So this week, he just throw this one in here. Throw this one. That's my words. That's not the Lord's words. He says, he who calls you is faithful. Aren't you glad to know? Aren't you glad to know that God's faithful? How can you depend on him? Because he's faithful. He does what he says. God is faithful, and that means he will do it. What? It. <laughs> Everything. And I think in context, you know, you can just take all of chapter 5. Context, I think you can take all the chapter, uh, all of First Thessalonians, 
and he's, he's letting us know he is faithful and he will do it. Now, so what this means, we rejoice always, we break this down, so we rejoice always because the one who calls us is faithful and can be absolutely relied on, and he will do it. He's saying you're in a good spot when you rely on God because when you rely on him, he's dependable, he will do it. Now, again, I'm going to share what God said to me. And I really needed this. I mean, I really continue to need this. And, it's, and I found as I tried to apply it this last week, it's really hard to break old habits. You know, rejoice always and just have that focus on God and see how he moves in that. And it really does move your focus, or it did mine. So what God is saying to me, what he just said to me, it's like, okay, Wallace, rejoice always. But then he also said this to me, based on last week's message and on this week's message, he also said to me, rejoicing sets the spirit on fire and moves God into action where great miracles happen. All God's people said, amen, amen. You know, did it ever cross your mind that our attitude is hindering God's work? Our attitude. Why is mad at the world? God never answers anything. You know? Until you change your attitude, I can't. I can't enable your bad attitude. Now, I don't know if that convicts any of you all. It just convicts my socks off. You know, it's like, no, God, I have a reason to complain. Dead silence. Nothing moves. Nothing moves. Now I'm mad at God. You're not doing what you're supposed to. Dead silence. Then you read this, rejoice always. And I, you've got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me, Lord. You know. And it's like, no, no. Rejoicing sets the spirit on fire and moves God into action where great miracles happen. We, in Timothy, last week, we read where it says, fan into flame the spirit. And we're thinking, I mean, we're thinking going home, that's a physical, you know, I'm going to just... Fan, fan something. Try to get it a fire going. You know, like God goes. No, He tells us, "You want to fan into flame the Spirit. Rejoice. Fan into flame the Spirit. Now, never cease praying. And He who calls you, He is faithful. He will do it." He will do it. Also, last week we learned, and it's actually in context, it says, not rejoicing quenches the spirit. Not rejoicing quenches the spirit. How many of us just kind of walk around under a cloud? Or how many of us just walk under a cloud? You know, sunny outside, it's going to rain. You know, yeah, your kid's behaving pretty good. Yeah, just give them time, they'll blow it. I mean, you know, it's it's truth. Just walk under a cloud like that. That quenches the spirit. That quenches the spirit. That's what I said. 
you don't rejoice, that quenches the spirit. You rejoice, it sets the spirit on fire. See? And we pray without ceasing with the spirit on fire. And it has all to do with our attitude about God. All to do with our attitude about God. Now, so, is everybody as convicted as I am? I mean, it's like, this with, we, we're in the mental study, uh, we're looking at uh, the book by R.T. Kendall, on sermon on, basically on the Sermon on the Mount, and he spends like 97 chapters on worry. <laughs> no, that's not that many, it just seems like 97 to me. It's just, I mean, and he basically said, I mean, I'm just, my paraphrasing, R.T. Kendall basically says, if you worry, you're not saved. I mean, it's just like, I'm just questioning my salvation. Now, he doesn't say that, that you're not saved. But after he finishes talking to you, you think you're not saved if you worry. He just said, and what he does, he doesn't mention any of the verses, but, but he talks on the same spiritual truth as these verses. God... <laughs> I have to, this, this is a verse he said, and I've heard it different ways, but he, he's talking about, well, you don't worry, you just don't, you, you know, absolutely, there's no faith, you know, you just don't worry, you know, it's just, I encourage you, or discourage you to read the book, <laughs> but he says this, and it, he goes, what God has done, he has gone into the future, and sees, sees that everything's okay, and he comes back and tells you, don't worry. Now, I, don't, I mean, that really struck me. He's saying, don't worry, because I've been there, I looked, it's all going to work out, so don't worry. So my issue, if I worry, I don't trust God, I don't believe God. So, I, again, I'm talking to myself, I'm not in here trying to ruin anyone's day, I'm just talking about what the Lord's saying here. So, but you see what the, the uh, lost my thing here. So we, we, so we have this, we see this truth, and I think if any of us were sitting down in an intellectual sense, we would just keep it on a piece of paper. We could say this. It's when you live it out is when it's hard. It's when you live it out is when it's hard. But it's good to know the truth and embrace it. That's what God says. It helps you to step into that, knowing God is faithful, and he will do it because it changes our whole avenue, our whole view to see God working in the situation. Nothing can be too bad, too difficult for God to handle. Nothing can be too bad, too difficult to know that God's working in that. And understanding that God may, may not be telling us everything he's doing, but he's telling us what we should do and how he works through us. How he works through us. And that's the reason I said this is for me, and if it's for you, you can receive it. <laughs> it's definitely for me. And so here we go. Let's just go back to Psalms, Old Testament. The Bible is incredibly consistent. But so here's an attitude. We have uh, summarized it really well in the Old Testament. Look at Psalm 37, verse 5. Psalm, verse 37, 
verse 5. So we're embracing this and we believe it, what we just talked about. Then here's what we do. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Now, what is there to worry about in that? First Thessalonians, he will do it. Psalms, he will act. Well, God, I don't know. You, you're not that faithful. You know, it's, I mean, that's what we're saying. Because he says, commit your way, trust in him, because he will act. It, it's bringing us to a whole realm that's different than this world. This realm is whole, totally different in the the world is going to hell in a handbasket, you know. Now, I have repeated that and said that and believed that. And it's like, well, no, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. He will act. Be obedient in your realm, in your spiritual realm. I will act. Let me take care of the world. You do what you're supposed to. And that's what you're responsible for. And I'll work through you to make a huge impact in the world as I see fit. So, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. He will act. He will act. Why? Because he's faithful. He is faithful. Now, on this verse, we've actually, I remember talking, going over this before. Commit, that word commit, actually means roll away. It means roll away or roll onto. I commit, I roll it away, or I roll it onto something off of myself, okay? This means to roll onto Jesus the whole course of our lives. God, I commit, I I roll it onto you. I commit it to you. And then trust in you. So it means roll the whole course of our lives with all its troubles and cares, onto Jesus. This includes all our feelings of anger, doubt, resentment, expectation. It portrays complete dependence on God, allowing him to act, and he will act. Oh, God. I, but you don't understand. It's just, I mean... I'm the exception of just misery. <laughs> you just can't you, you just can't get to me where I am. You don't understand. Silence. He's not gonna enable that attitude. Now I really think now I'm just saying I really think one of the things I did this it was he prompted me to do it, but it was really good. But before the service last week I went, Lord, I can't do this, rejoice all. I can't, I don't do this, rejoice always, you know. I mean, I would have trouble even when he said, just rejoice sometimes, you know, but always. So before the service, I'm just, God, I can't do this. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to speak out all the difficulties and give them to you, and, and I'm, I'm going to rejoice for each and every one of them. So up and down, last Sunday morning, before the service, proclaiming, rejoicing for everything I can think that's, that's weighing on me. Now, what did I do? Now, this is hindsight. What did I do? I was obedient. 
based on his word. I rejoiced based on his word. I come in here Sunday morning, and God gives me revelation on the truth because I was obedient. That's what he did. That's what he did. He gave me revelation, the truth, and what it meant. And he did it by a means, and y'all are going to have a hard time believing it. And he did it by a means of music. I don't, I mean, I don't even like music. I, I don't. I like Adam. And, you know, he hits it, you know, the words. But it's just, I mean, I can, like he said, we played this song before. I never heard that song, ever. You know, and I don't listen to radio. I don't, I don't. I don't. So God goes, okay. <laughs> You're going to know it's me speaking because I'm going to speak to you through music. That's what he did. What he did. No, God, I study to show myself approved. You speak to me through the word, and that's the only way to get insight. You know, there could be a few other ways that I might use, the Lord said. So, I don't think he would... And I don't know, I'm just guessing. I'm thinking, you know, I can't even show him through the word. He'll take credit for it. I show him through music. And he'll know that's not him. He'll know there's something crazy about this. And that's what happened. It's like, oh my goodness. See? But, but the whole thing I'm telling you is that what this does, what this does, when we commit our way to the Lord, whatever we do, we co- whatever we do, we commit that way to the Lord we trust in him and he will act that's what he says that's what the Bible says you know that's what the Bible says now so as we see this it portrays complete dependence on God allowing him to act he will act that's what it's saying so it's calling us a step farther than where we are okay and that's good that's what, what you want God to do to call you a step farther than where you are. See, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, so here we are. You know, that means we are not to fret and worry. So this and R.T. Kendall are killing me. Just, gosh, you know, just relentless. See, but if we don't fret and worry, then, you know, like Psalms 37, 25, we have an older fellow here in Psalms 37, 25, and he's kind of got his arms around this, and he says this, I have been young, now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. See, I'm old. took me a long time to figure it out. But, you know, not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. Now, as we examine ourselves, we need to rejoice. We need to rejoice. Rejoicing. Now, listen to this. Again, this is for me. I'm convicted. You don't have to be. Rejoicing is evidence that we are depending totally on God. Just rejoicing is evidence. We are totally depending on God. Now, I want to tell you, all you sour people, I mean, I'm here, I got my hand up. All you was me sour people, okay? 
It's evidence you're not depending on God. Biblically, it's not. You rejoicing is an evidence in the Lord. You are depending on God. Not the situation, not the, but you're depending on him, and you rejoice. And you know that anything's happening that's going to be good, he's going to bring it. He's going to bring it. I don't, this verse just came to mind, but when I was thinking, but God, but, you know, how, how are you be dealing with me to get there and you're teaching me this? And I swear this verse comes to, he said, I've tried you through the furnace of affliction so that you might know me. I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> you know, I, I think maybe I'm going to kick into rejoicing. You know, I mean, the furnace of affliction is just, I mean, it works. I can say, amen, it works. But, you know, I'm thinking, it's not fun. I think it may be switching to some rejoicing here. Now, again, this is what the Lord says, and he's telling me. I don't want any of you have any illusions that I'm doing this, and I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm having a revelation to move more in this direction. So, God says we need to depend on him. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean to your own understanding. See, our own understanding is what we're not rejoicing in, <laughs> okay? That's what, God, this is what's happening. This is the way I understand it. There's no rejoicing in it. There's no rejoicing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then don't lean to your own understanding. And then, two, we need to recognize that rejoicing always is an exercise of faith independence. People, rejoicing is evidence of faith independence. And, and I, I don't want to bring this up too much because you build them up too much. And, but when I talk about Pastor and Miss Milliken, the missionaries, you know, and the biggest thing, they can't, they just rejoice all the time. I mean, you couldn't, you, you couldn't, Move them into some element of depression or concern or impossibility. As hard as I tried, <laughs> it didn't work. It just didn't work. You know, oh, God loves him. Doesn't he love him? Oh, God loves you. Oh, he's blessing you. Jesus is moving. I said, that's not what I said. <laughs> See, but, but there were, it was the, the one thing, forget the doctor or anything else, it was just, they were just, weren't of this world. They just rejoiced in everything. They saw God, saw God moving in everything. Isaiah says this. Isaiah 7, 9 says this. If you're not firm in your faith, if you're not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Oh, that's falling apart. If you're not firm in your faith, you will not be firm at all. At all. Brothers and sisters, do not fret. Rejoice always. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Now, I wrote a little note for us and you know me and whoever else. You know that we are saying now as we listen to this. I am saying, and I'm going. Okay, yes, but anybody here done that you through this whole message? You go, yeah, but. But you don't understand my situation. But you don't understand this situation. You don't understand 
my boss. You don't understand my husband. You don't understand my wife. And God knows you don't understand my kids. <laughs> you know, it, it, you just you, we have butts out the kazoo so that we can prove to God we have a problem bigger than he can handle. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're trying to prove to God we have a problem bigger than he can handle. Now, so what we must do, go before the Lord Jesus Christ, confess, confess that each reason we give for our inability to rejoice is evidence of our lack of trust and surrender to the creator God of the universe. Our inability to rejoice. Inability to rejoice is evidence. Is evidence of our lack of trust and lack of surrender. I've said this before, but this reinforces it. I've examined all my problems in life. You know, I've looked at them. You know, looked at them. And, and when I look at all the problems I've had in life, I have found a common denominator in every one of them. It's me. It's me. I mean, all my problems have me in it. You know, and it's terrible when me in certain problems that keep repeating themselves, you know. And it's just, why is this following me? You know, because it's you. It's, you're the common denominator. Why don't my problems follow so-and-so? Because you're the common denominator, not them. I have a disagreement with somebody, they leave and they're happy and I'm upset. Because I'm the common denominator, not them. Anyway, y'all having fun yet? <laughs> okay, and so, so we see that. But what we do, however, rejoicing, and what we do is we take the last message, we take that song, we take the whole thing, put it together, and God tells us to rejoice, and we start understanding that by rejoicing, we release God to do more than we can imagine. Now, that's, that's helpful for me. Now, that's helpful for me. I need little triggers that's helpful that I can understand. But I look at that. If I rejoice, not fake it, but learn to really rejoice, I understand that I release God to do more than I can imagine. That motivates me in the most difficult situation, at least to move in the direction. I say, God, I give this to you. I rejoice that you're in this. You're moving in a mighty way. And God, I am trusting you. See, and Lord, now I pray without ceasing. Amen? Now, this helps make sense. When you do this, it starts help making sense of other verses. You know, like this, Ephesians 3.20. Now, okay, and I just did it. Okay, I, I just did it. Release God to do more than I can imagine. Now, Ephesians 3.20. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to his power that's at work within us. And all God's people said, 
It never was lack of God's power. It never was lack of God's concern. It never was God not paying attention. But for me, the biggest thing is was me not rejoicing. Not rejoicing. He said, you rejoice. You know, open up the gates of heaven. Give God an avenue to move with power. Guess who gets the credit? God. You see, when we, in our little worlds, doing all our stuff, he can't enable our disobedience. I'm just going to be mad until you bless me. Well, you bless him, then I'll be mad longer next time. No, I'm not doing nothing on that. You just sit there and stew. You know, what's his answer? He'll bring down fire? No, he just lets you sit in it. You know, just sit in it. That's what Linda has a thing in her counseling, and she does. It's her words. And she says, sometimes I'll share something with people like that, and I just let them sit in it. I thought, well, that's a lot of wisdom, isn't it? I mean, it really is a lot of wisdom. Just sit in it. It's like, because what's going to happen is God's going to do nothing. And it's not that you come around, focus on the Lord. And then for me, then you rejoice in it. And the avenue is open. For the, sets the Holy Spirit on fire and comes within the situation. Now, and so, what we, and so we want to, God is speaking to us to encourage us to be totally dependent on him who is totally dependable. Totally dependent on him who's totally dependable. Therefore, in our boat built in the sand where they say it never rains, we rejoice and say, let it rain. And God is faithful. He will do it. He will do it. That's what this is saying. Now, and also we understand we rejoice because we have the word of God to guide us. There's a parameters. We have the word of God to guide us. Isaiah 55, 11 says this. My word, my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but shall accomplish that which I purpose. Connected with God's word, we have a parameters that we see from rejoicing in that. And also, how many of you ever felt like God doesn't, he's not going to answer me. He doesn't want to answer me. He's not paying attention to me, you know. My mother, God bless her, sweetheart. You know, she's, you know, just God's got me too many things going on to hear me, you know. And um, that is, the Bible doesn't say that. It just doesn't say it. I love what it says in Isaiah thirty eighteen, And it says this, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Do you know what that means? He says, oh my God, well, if you just rejoice, try it one time. Just try it. If you just do it, want you to say, I didn't want to do this so bad. Please rejoice. And I praise God. One time, I walked up and down our driveway. Before last week's message, I said, God, I can't do this. And just went through the whole list. Okay, I'm just going to rejoice to you. I'm just going to communicate to it. And he goes, okay, now I'll speak to you through music. It's like, I mean, I don't know which is craziest, the first one or the second one. <laughs> okay. So, 
so, but what you have, but the point of it is, God desires to act on our behalf. We don't act like that's true. We don't believe that. It's just, oh, if I don't get done, and this, I mean, that's part of our fretting and worry. If I don't do this, this won't happen, you know, or if I don't do this, this may fall apart. Well, that's part of our fretting and worrying because we really don't believe God's going to act. We really don't believe God wants to act. We really believe it's too little for God to act. When the Bible says God desires to be gracious to us, but for me, he said, well, as I desire to be gracious to you, you need to rejoice. You need to rejoice and give me an avenue in which to work, in which to work. So that's the message to me. Now, so here we are. God's desire is to bring the rain and move our boat. God's desire is to bring the rain and move the boat. And by the way, God is the only one that can bring the rain and move the boat. And we're running around this boat 100 miles an hour, fretting and worrying. And God's just going to let us have at it. You know, have at it. He said, no, I want you in the boat, and I want you to rejoice and ask me to bring the rain. Rejoice and ask me to bring the rain. So we always rejoice. We rejoice always because rejoicing gives God an avenue through which he will move in our circumstances. Listen, I mean, we could almost now, but, but listen, I was you're talking about your Christian life, and you want things to work. You want things that you want to live the Christian life, and however we approach it. But I want each of us, we need to examine our attitude, our view of God, and accept this is a truth, an absolute truth. We rejoice always because rejoicing gives God an avenue through which he will move in our circumstances. Oh, God, get me out of this. Nothing happens. Oh, God, I thank you because I know you're moving in this. I think you're doing more than ever I can imagine. And, God, I lift it up. Speak to me and show me what you're doing. And I pray you move into that. I'm rejoicing for you. And you open and give God an avenue to move in to change. Only he can change. When you're on the boat and you're trying to run around it shove it and through the sand and all that, God lets you. But when you stand in the boat, say, God, I rejoice in you, and only you can bring the rain. And God goes, I'll do it. I'll do it. He will act. Psalms. Verse says, Lord, he will do it. He will do it. Well, what do you mean? I need you to tell me one more time. You know, no, I told you. <laughs> I told you. Now, Here's something else. God is, God is telling us we do not have to plead with him in our difficult situations. We don't have to plead with him to work. We need to rejoice in him to see him work. I think it's counterproductive when we're pleading and begging him like if we beg him long enough, he'll finally obey or feel sorry enough for us. That's not what he says. He says you rejoice. So he is telling us to rejoice always because we know he who is faithful will then act 
on our behalf. He will do it. Therefore, we're going to close with this verse, same verse we closed with last week. And I hope you take it in context of everything we said. And the Apostle Paul is answering everybody's question is as much passion as he can. And he is about to give them some instruction on prayer. He's about to give them some instruction on prayer. But he has to say this to get it ready, to communicate, so we can get in the position to God to see God work. And it says, Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And good grief, good golly, I'll say it again, rejoice. What more can I say? Rejoice. Now, I'm not saying that to you. What more can I say? God is saying to me, what more can I say? Rejoice. Rejoice. Because this is the avenue that sets the Holy Spirit on fire in which great miracles are done. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. And Lord, uh, God, uh, truly, we look in your word and show us things that are difficult to understand. You show us things that, you know, we struggle with. And, but here's one, Lord, that goes against all human understanding. All human understanding. It goes against everything about us. Everything about how we were raised. Everything against everything that we've been taught. Against everything the world teaches us. And you're saying, no. Rejoice. Rejoice. I'll bring the rain and I'll move the boat. In the name of the Lord Jesus.